Hey everyone, uh, before we get started with tonight's episode, I just want to uh, give out a little disclaimer about uh, what you guys are about to hear. Uh, I have my uh, buddy Lawrence coming on, uh, going to uh, share his story with everybody, and I just want to let everyone know that his story, uh, though it is powerful and it's extremely impactful, it is very intense. Um, so I just wanted to give everyone a pre uh, forewarning just so they know what they're getting into. Um, Lawrence is a great guy, one of the better guys that I know, and I'm so happy that he's coming on to share his story. Uh, but I do just want to warn everyone that uh, it can get intense and it can get emotional. So just uh, be prepared. And thanks again for listening. What's going on, everybody? This is Rory Kelsey here with uh, another episode of Rory Kelsey's Therapy Session. Uh, tonight, I got a, a really good friend of mine, someone who I met. Uh, we'll get into our story of how we met later, but um, his name is Lawrence. He is a uh, union iron worker, and he's just a really good guy. So uh, he contacted me, said he wanted to come on, tell his story. So obviously, I wanted to get him on right away. Uh, from what I know about his story, I know it's very impactful and it's a very powerful story. So um, I just I wanted everyone to uh, get a chance to hear from Lawrence, just to see uh, his, where his journey has taken him in his life, and uh, uh, everybody can um, get a chance to really know the guy. So, Lawrence, how you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm uh, no complaints. Staying busy, watching watching some football this weekend, watching the the, the Bears win again somehow, some way. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah uh, I know it, it's touch and go, but so far so good. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I don't have a. I'm glad I don't have a heart condition, you know, or else. <laughs> but yeah, man, I know. It's, all, it's all good, bro. So, uh, so, so, uh, what's going on, man? Uh, I, I know I said that you are a uh, iron worker, but uh, how's work going? Work's going good. Work's going good. Um, I'm over at Rush Hospital right now, but about to hit O'Hare for about ten months. They got all that work that's going down there, so building like another international terminal, I guess. So. Yeah. I don't know. We'll be heading out there, in, uh, I think next week or at least one more. You know how things get pushed back, and oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know how it goes. But um, yeah, so things are things are good. Things are really, really good. Um, I just, you know, I, I just want to thank you for having me on. But this is this is great when you reached out to me and, and told me about it. Man, I thought it was good. That was something that, uh, yeah, things that needs to get heard, especially from a guy's point of view. I think, you know, growing up as, you know, especially in our trade, you know, it's always a bunch of alpha males who, mm. you know, you just battle through and, you know, you laugh and joke, but, um, you know, you never know what's really going on with people. And unless, you know, you got a couple, few close friends, but it's just uh, go, go, go. And, you know, you keep your emotions to yourself because it's usually, uh, uh, a hair trigger for them to beat you up, <laughs> beat, you know, beat you up about it. But um, no, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool with what you're doing, and I think you know, shining the light on the mental health aspect is uh, it's what we need, you know, especially all the funding that's you know getting taken away and all these hospitals closing and stuff. So it's kind of something that's kind of always pushed to the wayside, and and I don't know, has that stigma, I guess, of you know, this is somebody's head and, and, you know, you know what I'm talking about, kind of just, yeah. so, but it, it's, it's a, I like, you know, your first few episodes, I listened to it. It's good. It's good. And they said, even just shooting the shit with somebody is, is, 
therapy. Like you said, I'm the same way. My therapist, we could cover one subject and we'll cover 15. Who knows what we talk about? It's just, I'm, you know, what happens that day and, and, and the week and how, you, you know, how I'm feeling. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you listening. Uh, uh, I really do. And, um, yeah, man, our, our line of work, whether, you know, any kind of construction, I mean, me and you, we kind of do the crazy stuff. We're all, you're an iron worker. I'm a scaffold builder. So we're always up in the air, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot that comes, comes with this job. And, um, I mean, there's a reason why our, our uh, medical insurance covers, I think like a hundred percent of mental health care. Yeah, and it does. I, I mean, I, it is, uh, something that's very prominent in the construction trade, but very little talk about it. And, uh, I actually remember last summer I was at uh, Macy's on state street. They're redoing like the top, I don't know, seven, seven or eight floors or whatever. Uh-huh. And, uh, one of the guys that was on the job, he wasn't for working for my company, one of the other, uh, contractors but uh i guess he uh he killed himself he hung himself in his garage and uh nobody knew like the the gc that was running the job a lot of people knew him had no idea and uh like then that next monday at work because it happened over a weekend they had a safety stand down before uh the shift started and it was like a suicide awareness mental health awareness thing and wow there was probably there was probably like 400 guys in this room and i felt like i was the only one paying attention you know like nobody's serious and yeah. it just killed it killed me like the the safety girl she was she was giving this this speech about it and like nobody cared and i just couldn't believe it i'm like i just think it's i guarantee you i wasn't the only one who heard that and was affected by it because it's something that i've gone through and i guarantee you out of the 400 guys in that room there was at least one or two of them that wanted or thought the same thing you know but because of the atmosphere that we're in and the guys were around and that alpha dog mentality you know you, you gotta suppress that stuff and yeah that's true and it's and before you know it you're the topic of a safety stand down and yeah that's not what you want yeah and it's yeah you're right man it's just it's something that really does need to get talked about more and, and like i said especially from the guys you know i've been iron worker and then uh i was in the marines and in infantry so it was the big kind of you know you push through and you know basically it's like the mission accomplishment and and that's what kind of you know kept me going i kept pushing and pushing and um you know like we talked about a little bit before it's just like you have to you have at some point you have to face what what you're going through you can't just keep pushing through and sucking it up and you know i can handle it because at some point it just you you implode you know, you don't. You could only yeah. take so much and suppress so much, and you know it's got to come out some way. And you know, hopefully, and then in my case, when we get you know later on, we get to my situation. It was just, it was it, it was it. It was like, um, like I said, I'm lucky to be here. So it's one of those things that, yeah, I mean, therapy's good. Therapy's great. Um, talking about it, there's no, there's no weakness to it. It's actually more more of a strength if you think about it because you gotta you do gotta be vulnerable and and talk about how you're feeling and what you know what avenue you can take to improve and it's just yeah being that vulnerable is is, takes a strength to it too you know what i'm saying yeah yeah man it's uh 
it's something, yeah, like a lot of guys, even women, a lot of people, do. they just think it's a weakness and they don't want to show it because they don't want people to look down on them. And like you said, it's got that stigma that, quite frankly, just needs to stop, needs to go away. There shouldn't be a stigma in this. Like, I'm tired of people looking down on people who have mental problems or not even mental problems, just have hard times dealing with life. This world is not easy. It's, it's fucking rough, man. And some people just handle it better than others. And the people that don't, they, they need the help, which way and the way we got our help, the way we met, where we met, like, I don't know, man. Like I thought I was having a rough go of it. And then I met some of the guys in the hospital and then I met you in the hospital and, and, uh, I, you told me your story. I sat down with you. I remember it was just me and you sitting at the table. I was probably playing solitaire by myself because I did that often. And <laughs> yeah, and, uh, solitaire. And I had my uh, my word search. I was doing my yeah, word <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, I mean, I think I I remembered you mentioning that you're an iron worker, so we got to talking about our construction and our unions and the dumb shit that we have to do to make money. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, man, you're uh, just seeing you from what I've heard about and what I've known about you from your story, from where you were to what happened to you and what it led to. And just talking to you today, man, it's, I mean, it's crazy. And I just think uh, for someone like you, you got, there's a reason why you're here. Like, like all the shit that's happened, like there's a, there's a reason you're here. And uh, I'm just really glad that I, I met you because you're a really cool dude and yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and same goes here. Like I said, it was just somebody, you know, you just kind of mind your own business and you just start talking. And then next thing you know, we're like talking. And, and I think we ended up talking about, you know, I found out you like uh, like comic books and all that. We started talking about The Punisher because I watched The Punisher. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we yeah. going into that. And, and so it was just like I said, you just you just open up and you just start chatting away, man. And it just yeah. passed the time and it's just therapy for yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll just kind of just jump right into my, you know, what I had going and, and what had happened. Um, yeah. We met at Silver Oaks and like you said earlier too, one of your podcasts, big shout out to them. Cause they're, they're fantastic. They were absolutely yeah. fantastic. And um, yeah. that's another big reason why I'm here too. So still, um, so I, it's basically a quick rundown. It's been a rough, like the last 10 years have been just kind of like a crash course of, man, you know, mental strength, mental weakness, this, everything. Um, first of all, my wife, my beautiful wife, Laura, she's the strongest woman I've known. I just wanted to shout out to her. But um, it all basically started with, well, 10 years ago, she came down with a, uh, neurological disease out of nowhere so she has mg it's called myasthenia gravis which affects the muscles and mm-hmm. under like the mda umbrella so she takes medicine for that and but basically we could be talking and she'll be holding up a cup of coffee and then boom her arm drops like the muscles totally give and, and so it's and you know if it does worsen you know like anything like her lungs could go it's just one of those things we keep an eye on um towards the end of the day she's always exhausted and you know even like chewing she eats steaks or whatever it's just it, at certain points she stops because it's just like she's exa- like the muscles go it's like we could go to the gym work out and we build our muscle and basically if she goes to the gym works out like nothing basically she does more damage so it's like the, i think it's the acetylcholine is like 
the body's eating itself or it's just a weird kind of, it's a rare disease. Um, but so she dealt, she started dealing with that. And then, um, like suddenly my father passed away. He was like the pillar of health and he was like my best friend. He was an iron worker Marine. It was just like, we, we talked for hours. He just come over and we just chat. So, you know, two in the morning sometimes. And I was like, dad, I got to work, you know, but, um, it was just one of those um, crazy, again, like 10 marathons, didn't smoke. He quit drinking when he was 40, um, and he was 67 when he passed. And it was just a, it was the worst phone call, and I was getting up to go to work. It was a Sunday. <laughs> like you said, our hours are always crazy. I was, we were about to be mm-hmm. tower crane. And my sister called, and she was crying, and she had said, you know, dad, dad died. I was like, wow. You know, and that was just to this day, to this day, it's been seven years. Um, still haven't been to the, the cemetery. It's just too, too final for me. You know, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm accepting it. And it's just kind of shit. It took like four years to get his headstone because I didn't want to go, you know, deal with that. Because like I said, that was the only like closure. So it's almost, you know, once you know that headstone's there. So I got that part done. And then um, I'm yet to go back to the cemetery and I'll get there. I'm, I'm pretty close, but talk to him every day, you know, um, mm. and uh, he's with me. So then that was a big blow and dealing with that. And then once I dealt with that, um, I was in that construction accident and I want to say 2015, right after Christmas. So Christmas, we're working at Lake Canal and man, it was just one of those things where they say your life changes in a split second and it pretty much did. It was, me and my buddies were talking about we were on the iron. There was three of us on the iron. We are talking about uh, what our kids got for Christmas and, you know, how it went. There were lines, you know, a compressor over with the crane. We just got done doing this bay of iron and I remember, last thing I remember, I asked my boss, I was like, hey, where's the next piece? And he pointed and I took one step and then pop you know like the the connection gave and the whole bay we were standing on it was like a trap door we were tied off everything and just sucked us down and we went down i went down about 40 feet um one buddy went hit the ground um his lanyard cut on the iron because it's sharp so like he kind of slid his lanyard slid across the iron he went down and my other buddy went over he fell on the back fell because the beginning of the job so his he smashed, he broke his leg, but his lander at least caught him over a whaler. So he was hanging. And then they got to them first. They thought I was done because I was just laying in, um, on a pile of iron, just out. And then um, it took, I was down there for, I don't know, about, said about 45 minutes. Fire department came and I was out in the Stokes basket and they flew me out. I was conscious then and then went to Northwestern. They basically passed me up. I was, I mean, it could have been worse. It was, it was, I was lucky. Um, it was just, uh, I had so you know, broke all my ribs, basically blunt trauma to the whole body, um, tore my lung and then uh, fractured my spine. So it was just one of those, you know, and it was just rehab. I was a nut. I was pushed through. I was back to work in four months. Um, 
I know. I was just my wife. <laughs> wife wasn't too happy, but it was the same thing that Marine Corps mentality and the alpha. Like just, yeah. I got to, and it was just my my thing is I got to provide for my family. I, I did like rehab, and and I was all I did was when I was home, just stretch, exercise, and stretch, and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, probably ten times more, and then um, and I healed up, and then was back to work. It was great. But then things at home started getting a little shaky. I was just losing my temper. I was just, you know, agitated. Um, and it was just the drop of a hat. And it was just, it was rough for my wife and kids. And then about a year and a half later, we were doing the deposition for the for the accident. And my wife did hers. And then the Lloyd came out and he's like, I go, how'd it go? And he's like, it's great, but we got a problem. You you need to go see a, a neuropsychologist. He goes, how can you tell me about all the, your home life? I'm like, because that's my business. I'm like, I, you just asked me how I was, you know, according to my back, my spine, you know, everything else that, you know, though my injuries, I told you about it. I go, but my Home life is my home life. I thought my wife, I thought my you know marriage just ran its course, falling apart. He goes, you might have a brain injury, and so I went. You're a psychologist. They just told test. He sent me to another colleague. Um, same thing. He didn't really tell him anything about me. He just wanted me to run the same kind of tests and talk to him for three hours, six hundred questionnaire like questions, and basically came down to like, yeah, you have a. Uh, a TBI, you have a traumatic brain injury, you have a personality change due to, you know, trauma to your head. And so he goes, you just, so I had started seeing a psychiatrist and a neuropsychologist, got onto medication. So I was, that's when it started kind of getting a little, I was angry, you know, you, I was angry, but I, I was just yelling at my kids. I went from like the number one fan to like, the harshest critic on my kids. They couldn't do anything right. Um, and, you know, you having two boys, you know, like, that's it. You know, it, it's just your kids, your life. And it was just, man, I just, there was times where I just felt like the biggest piece of shit. Like, I couldn't control what I was saying because basically what it, I had, like, no filter, um, irrational, like, the whole TBI, different, it affects different things. And it's just... It was just rough for a year and a half of just, I think before the accident, I think I could count on one hand of any time me and my wife got to an argument, we're actually like raising my voice. And I was, I was losing my voice four times a week from screaming with rage, ripping doors off the walls, slap, throwing stuff, punching whole walls, you know, holes in the wall. And it was just, it was crazy. And to me, it was like, I was like, ah, you're just agitating me. You know, you're, you're, you're poking the bear, basically. You know, I yeah. wasn't seeing it. So started doing all these different things with, with the neuropsychologist and it got a little better. And then basically got complacent and I stopped. Then I would just kind of, you know, my body was busted up. I was with the, with the brain injury. You're like, you get brain fatigue, which so anytime like the physical job that we do, it like, it drains you more because you're physically your your brain. My brain was basically going overstimulated. I was getting headaches right. every day, horrible headaches every day. So by the time I got home, 
I was agitated, and it was just like, who knows? My kids were on eggshells. My wife was on eggshells. Um, so it was kind of like that. It was get, it would be good, bad, depending on how you know much work I was putting into it. Then it was just, you know, it was a lot of resentment, a lot of anger, a lot of depression. It was just a vicious cycle. You know, I'd snap at the kids. And then I'd feel bad about it. And then I'd apologize. And then I'd sit there and, you know, be depressed about it. And then, you know, okay, I feel better. And then snap at the kids again or snap at my wife. Then feel bad about it. Just And it was just kind of like, you know, to a point where I was like, man, you know, I was even for my wife. I was like, why don't you just divorce me? You know, this is it. This is what you're stuck with. You know, um, I'm like, I can only apologize so many times. I go, you can only apologize and be remorseful so many times. And then I feel like the biggest piece of shit rocking the earth. Cause you were just, you know, my four main people in my life. I'm just kind of constantly, you know, belittling and, and, Luckily, it was like nothing physical, but it was just a lot of verbal assaults. Um, just one other time, I remember throwing my son up against the wall over something I can't even remember. It was stupid. And then just the look on his face, you know, like scared and like disappointed and just like confused. Like it just etched. This is burning my brain. I could see it now. And I just feel like, man, I can't believe, you know, it was it was over nothing. I don't even remember. And my wife would like just grab me and she's like, what is the matter with you? And then I like stormed upstairs, just, you know, feeling like shit again, depressed, you know, apologized, you know, and it was just, and then it just, you just dwell on it. And that was my biggest thing. I was dwelling on it. And then it was just, then I just slowly started spiraling. And then it was just, you know, being at work and not be able to do this the same type without being tired. And, you know, then my doctor was telling me, my wife was like, and kids, like, why don't you do something different? Instead of setting the iron, why don't you go on the ground? So then I would go to the ground, then I get pissed because I'm like, I should be back up there. You know, I still could do it. I was still physically fit, but, you know, I didn't have the balance. I would put 100% in to work and then come home exhausted. And then, you know, my family would get the the leftovers basically. And that's it was that was for like five years. It was like that. And then um then I went on this whole down spiral of I stopped taking my medicine because I was like, I, I don't need it, you know, that kind of thing. And then um last November, I remember I just went for an MRI. Um I went and then got another MRI, started, went and saw a, a new neuropsychologist because I stopped seeing that other neuropsychologist because I'm like, uh, I'll find another one. And it was like a year without therapy. Um, at that point, in like right before in November, um, I was probably about a month of no meds, just cold turkey, which is the worst thing to do. Yeah. And then it was just like, I couldn't even see what, you know, everything to me was rational, you know, but I was just on a downward spiral. And then um, my faith, I'm a big, you know, I'm a devout Catholic. My faith was just shot, man. I was like hated, like 
hated God. And I spoke with my parish priest and he basically, you know, he told me, you know, the right things. And what, you know, basically the only thing I got out of that talk was he's like, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm done. I, I, I don't even, I go, I'm in a dark place. I don't even want to live. I go, you know, people are telling me you're, you're, you know, you're lucky to be alive, you know, about the accident and you're lucky. And then for me, it was so much like hate and resentment. I'm like, lucky for what? You know, what, what am I lucky about? I go, lucky is so my kids, you know, they think I'm an asshole. Like, you know, I'm, I'm berating my wife and my kids on a daily basis. You know, I can't do what I used to be able to do. Um, I walk around depressed. But the biggest thing was for me is at work and at, around other people, dude, I was quick with a smile, had a great sense of humor. So it was a great mask. There was like nobody had a clue of, you know, the shit my family was going through, a f- very few close people, um, or what I was going through on a daily basis with this whole fight myself and, and this anger and everything else. So when the priest was like, you know, you got to find something to live for, he goes, you know, you got your, your wife and your kids. You know, that's what you just live for. And I'm like, yeah. But what, for me, that's easy. Yeah, I know that's what that, you know, that's what I want to live for. I go, but those are the people that I'm hurting on a daily basis. I go, so it's kind of like, I can't win there. I'm, I'm trying to live for them, but, you know, I'm not, you know, and at that point, I didn't see that I wasn't doing the right things. So I just thought that was me. I'm stuck like this. This is it. And this is all I'm going to keep doing to my family. So. And I was just like, MF and God, just, you know, you're a fraud. You're your biggest fate. I was just like, oh, it's just like tempting. I'm like, come on, you know, let's go. Take me. I'm ready. You know, and so much anger and hate. And um, so I went and did that MRI, saw a new neuropsychologist. This was November 1st. And um, I came home and I knew it. The my, I was exhausted. Cause I talked to that neuropsychologist for like two hours. Then I went to the MRI and then the MRI, you know, that machine is just loud. Oh, so I was overstimulated and I was hungry. And I was, so I, I called my wife. I should have took a nap, but I called my wife. I was like, Hey, you want me to pick up some lunch? And she was like, yeah. And actually it was like a, a good day. The neuropsychologist was like, you know, I'm like, I've had suicidal thoughts. She's like, well, do you have a plan? I'm like, well, I kind of told her my plan. I go, but I'm good. I go, I, I honestly, I'm good. I go, this, this helped me a lot. I'm going to go get my MRI. I go, I think this is, this is, I'm in this first step in my right direction, you know, and this is, I, I'm good. I go, I, I'm, I promise you, honestly, I go, this is what I needed. I go, I just know that I'm starting to get help again. And she's like, okay. She's like, cause I can't let you leave. I'm like, no, I go, I'm, I'm fine. And she's like, okay. And I was, and I was 100% honest with her. And I went to the MRI, got home, and then you know, so my wife was just like, you know, we started talking, and then it was naturally like, you know, you're not doing the right things, and it was just a bunch of stuff. And then I, once again, I snapped. And we were sitting at the lunch, we were at the table. I flipped the table. All the food was all over the floor. And I went, and I stormed off, and I just remember looking back and seeing her like, picking up the food because the kids were coming home from school, I don't know, about half hour, you know, and 
then it just hit me. It was like, to me, that was like symbolic of, of her. She was always cleaning out my mess. Always. No matter every time I was like rage and flip out and stuff, she was always like, you know, dad, he's got, you know, he's got, he's dealing with it. He's working, he's struggling, you know, just don't, you know, don't let it take. And my kids were good with it, but I didn't see it. I just knew I was hurting them. And they knew it wasn't me. They knew it was just the head injury and, and, you know, that's what I was dealing with. And I'm still trying to cope with it. The loss of my dad. So it was just, but when I saw that, I was done. I was absolutely done. And I just like, this is it. This is what, this is what her life's going to be. And I'm like, so I took off and we had just moved into a new place and we're living in my, um, we still have my dad's townhouse that he had. So we were trying to clean things up and, and get that, you know, situ- situated. Cause like I said, I was a lot of stuff I didn't deal with, with his affairs. So we still had a townhouse and um, I went there. I went to uh, the pharmacy, the local pharmacy, grabbed a bottle of sleeping pills and I even looked at it. I was there for like 10 minutes, which ones are the smallest like it would be the easiest to swallow. And then there was one that was like, I don't think it was like 385 of many capsules, like gel caps, and took those. And then I even thought about enough to where they sell liquor there, but I'm like, no, if I get sleeping pills and liquor, they'll probably call the cops on me. So I just bought the pills, stopped at another liquor store, got a um, thing of uh, Captain Morgan, Went to my dad's townhouse, and I I was already driving. It was probably like the liquor store was probably, I don't know, maybe five minutes away. Just opened up the cap, opened up the sleeping pills, and just took a mouthful, slugged it, went to the house, and just kept pounding them, just right out of the bottle, swigging it, pounding them, swigging it. And then kind of like started getting foggy from there. I don't remember much. Uh, I think I sent a text to about five people, which basically saved my life because it was all jumbled up and it was um, at TBI one, you know, I'm done. You know, I apologize. I'm sorry. And that was it. And it was to my wife and a couple guys from work and another family friend. And then I remember my buddy, he had called I faintly remember just that I think I was starting to fade out then. And um, he called and I remember I was just laughing, just laughing. And he's like, where are you? And I was like, man, I was like, uh, I'm, he's like, where are you? And I, I was kind of like mumbling stuff. And then he was just, he's like, are you, are you at your dad's townhouse? I'm like, yeah. And then that was the last thing I remember saying. And then I was out. And then woke up. Um Let's see, that was a Friday night, November 1st. Woke up that Monday, uh, like in the late afternoon. And I was in a coma, uh, life support, the whole nine. Um, I flatlined three times that night in the ER. They were, they, my wife said they worked on me for like six hours. It was like they couldn't even go in there. And then finally when the doctor came out, he looked exhausted. like, I don't like we did everything we could and she almost fainted because that's all she heard first thing is we did everything we could and he goes but he's 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 okay he's like but 
We don't know if he's going to make it. His organs are gone. His heart did a lot of damage. I ended up taking over like 200 pills because it was like a little less than, I think there was a little, about 110 left, they said. And out of like 365. And man, I was just, and when I woke up, it was just kind of so foggy. And I remember my wife and another friend were there. And I asked if I was in a hospital. And she said, yeah. And she said, she had the look of disappointment. I was like, fuck. Mm. Now I got to deal with this. First thing that went through my head, I was like, like that's it. You got to be kidding me. And um, which was actually the best thing. I mean, luckily I'm still here. Um, but you can't hide that. You know what I mean? I was exposed, basically. All the people who didn't know what I was going through because I was so friendly and happy and smiley. Um, it was out. It was it was out in the open. It was like, he's got issues, he's got problems. Like, nobody knew the shit that I was dealing with or the family. Um, so it was just, and it's, I'll tell you, Roar is the most, humbling thing to be laying there in a the hospital bed. Like I said, when, you know, four years earlier, I was laying busted up from the accident and I was like, you know, I'd get a ton of people, a lot of guys from the union work, you know, family, friends coming to see me. And I'm like, yeah. I'm you know, it's a different, whole different animal. But when people are coming to see you and you just like, I just wanted to hide. Like, it's not like you broke your arm or you got a busted back or it was yeah. like, you, you tried killing yourself and um, it was, it, it was humbling. It was just the most, like we talked about vulnerable, bare bones, like rock bottom feeling I've ever felt in my life. And, you know, and the best thing was, it was such the group of friends and family that I have that I had beforehand that I never reached out to. They were there, but, you know, like we said, we don't, we're tough guys. We don't, we don't talk about it. We bury it. You know, they were there and they, it wasn't like, they were just happy to see me. No judgment, no nothing. And that's basically, you know, when you really think about it, our really close friends and family are, it's just that we never reach out to them. And that was my biggest issue. So um, I was in the hospital for like seven days and then, um, had to go to Silver Oaks. There's no, there's no option. I had 24 hour in that while I was in the hospital. I had 24 hour watch the whole time, um, and then went to Silver Oaks, and there, that's pretty much where we met. And um, I think I was like 100 percent in it. Started journaling there. My wife bought me a journal. Um, yeah, I remember that journaling and. Um, participating in group and I remember you I mean for being a big guy and being a I, you did participate a lot and I think that was always helpful it was like I think when we do talk about it and the atmosphere that they set and knowing that there is no judgment we all different deal with different stuff um it's good it's good to open up and talk about it and like I said like you know you share your story I share my story you know Connor shared his like we all and it's like, damn, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. 
you know, yeah. same boat. And it's just like, all right, we got this. And then, and then it turns into a big support system. Yeah. And it's like, you know, all right, good, good. You know, how you doing today? How you, let's play some Uno. Let's play some, <laughs> you know, like those Uno games. <laughs> getting, we had to put, I think, one point, like two tables together. Yeah. <laughs> to try to play Uno. But, um, and um, from then it was just, I went to IOP. I did all yeah. day. Cause then it was like whatever you wanted to do, and for me, I knew I had to basically the effort I was putting into work. I had to put into the therapy. Like I was, yeah. I had to switch the balance up, and you know I didn't balance it. I did everything I had into, you know, my mental state and what I didn't want from, you know my kids to deal with and and all that other stuff so i went to the all day um monday through friday for i was in there for about six weeks and then i did another i think six weeks of half day every day and then towards the end they taper you off for like three days a week so you can start you know kind of getting back into your old routine yeah. so i was off I think I didn't go back to work and see that was November 1st. And I went back to work like mid January. So for that whole time, I was just dealing with myself and, and the mental health and um, working hard. And I'll tell you what, I, it's going close to a year and I I haven't had a down day yet. I just, I mean, shit happens and it's just the mental state and the work I do every day to keep my mind in the right spot. I was okay. All right. And then it just, it's a good day. Cause well, I mean, what's the other option? It's just, I could have been gone. So I like really every day is just, I stay centered on the day. I don't dwell on shit. I think about the past cause you just to know what I don't want to go back to. And exactly. I don't worry about shit in the future. Cause I, it's just a waste of time. Like I'll plan for stuff, but you know, I don't worry about this or what's going to happen here and, and, and all that. And um, don't get me wrong. I've had some bumps in the road where, you know, my wife is still dealing with a lot. I've the last five years, what I've put her through, I'm surprised she still, you know, brought me back home. Cause even some people even asked her, like, are you taking him home? Are you bringing him back? And she's like, yeah, you know, and she has a lot of anger resentment cause she's in mom mode still you know, with all the kids and, and trying to get them to deal with it. You know, my daughter was a freshman in, in high school and she's just basically a rough, you know, freshman year. And then a counselor's calling her down to the office to, you know, for her to talk about it. And she's like, I'm just trying to, you know, yeah. as a 14 year old in high school, you know, as a freshman and, you know, with the society nowadays, everything's so, with all these TikTok and all this Snapchat and, you know, people judging everybody. She was just, she was a mess. And then my son was good. And my oldest, she was in Arizona when it happened. So she couldn't even fly home. So she had to kind of like hear about everything over the phone. And um, so she actually is dealing with that herself. But um, it's just like we deal with it and there's some times where my wife would we get into where she was basically had enough and we'd talk and we ended up talking for two hours and hug and, and be fine. 
And normally, like I said before that, it would have been 15 minutes tops, and I would have stormed off, broke something, or whatever. But it's just yeah, man. knowing what I got to do for the for the family. And it's just uh, so when you, you get stripped down to that bare bones humility, and you're just like, all right, it's a good starting point. Now I just build every day, and every day I do breathing, meditation, uh, run, journal, and then um, that's every day, every day just to keep my like I don't I'm not on social media, and I just try to keep everything positive. If I'm I listed a bunch of positive, you know, YouTube and podcasts and everything else, it's just beneficial. They just try basic for me. It's it's still soon. It's a, a year, but I'm still, you know, you're still gun shy of what you want to put it into your brain. And for me, I just like everything's positive. Like if I start feeling I'm going backwards, then it's like, okay, what do I got to do? I got to journal more. I got to meditate more. I got to do more of my breathing. Um, and for the last 10 months, man, it's just been, I'm the happiest guy alive, you know, it's just, and it's a genuine, it's a genuine, that was my biggest thing when I was talking about when I was in Silver Oaks, I was like, I just, my goal is to be genuinely happy, how people thought I was, but it was just a nightmare in my head, and then to, man, everything that I'm putting out and and smiling and happy-go-lucky, that's just me. That's what I got going on, and it's it's just uh, it's just a hard journey, man. It, it's just you, yeah, it it's is. crazy. It is. It is. Uh, it is crazy how hard life can be. Something that nobody asked for. Nobody asked to be born, right? But we're we're put here, and it's the hardest thing anybody would ever have to do. And we're all just kind of getting through it the way we can, and. Uh, I mean, what you said, like, you're, you just want to be genuinely happy, you know, like, I think that your happy-go-lucky personality is what gravitated me towards you, because, like, I, I heard, I, I'd see you, and, like, when I first get there, like, I, I you, you, you just feel everybody out, right, when you, the first night or two that you're there, <laughs> you're just yeah. kind of feeling everybody out, like, all right, who's this guy, who's this, okay, that guy's talking to walls so i won't maybe deal with him but this guy okay <laughs> like a, and you're like all right man and then you hear this florence guy you know he's a bigger guy i'm a bigger guy hey maybe he works out maybe i can talk to him about that and then him, oh he's an iron worker oh he's crazy because he flies up in the air for work i am a scaffold builder i fly in the air for work okay and then but then you just you're laughing you're joking you're having a good time you're making me laugh okay and then you know i just sat down with you and started playing rummy or whatever the hell we were playing and and it was just easy talking to you and it, it was it was nice that I had someone and then um after a while, you know, I got after you left, I was I mean, I'll be honest, I was sad when you left. I was fucking happy as hell for you to, that you're going home, but I was like, Yeah, I know, I know. I was like, Who am I gonna talk to? But I mean luckily I know. And it was like it was it was like withdrawal. I was like, My boys, I, I wonder how they're doing and I was like, You guys were a group when I left and I remember I was like yeah. and then I remember the best part I do remember, like, because I remember I shook you guys' hands. I shook everybody's hands when it went into group. And I was kind of just waiting. And then um, 
finally I was just kind of chilling. And when they got the call, like I started walking over. And I remember you coming over just by the door, by the little glass window, like waving. And I was yeah. like, oh, my boy, man, all right. I get to see him one more time before I leave. Yeah, man. I think I asked him, like, can I go say bye, Lawrence? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it was, uh, but yeah, it is. It's like you, it's a little bond. You, but it's, I mean, I was only there. I mean, I was there for seven days, and but together, I think you came maybe about the second or third day in. I think so. We were only together like four, four or five days, maybe. And but those days, those days though, they were so fucking long. Like what? Wake up call was like six thirty in the morning. But you couldn't sleep anyway because they had the hallway lights on and your doors were open. You're sleeping on every five minutes. They're coming in. Yeah, you're sleeping on like some plastic piece of shit. Like so, you're not <laughs> sleeping anyway. And, and then they wake you up at six thirty. You got like fucking group, and then you got breakfast at like eight o'clock, and then you got group after group after group, and then there's lunch, and then there's group. At like I remember like if we were talking about something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the other day when we did that thing in uh, the music group, and they were like, that was this morning. I'm like, no, it wasn't. That was, <laughs> I was like, that was like two days ago. I'm like, no, that was literally this morning. It's like, you can be <laughs> fucking kidding me, man. Like, these are too long. These are like 20-hour days. <laughs> I know. I was like, so, you're just not stopping. You're like, all right, you know, you're just chilling. Or we just get into the episode of whatever the hell they kept playing, whatever TV show it was. I forgot. Uh, we watched a lot of like ridiculousness and uh, it was I think after, yeah, but after you left, there was a Jurassic Park marathon, so that was pretty dope. They just played okay. like like all six Jurassic Park movies, and that was I think pretty it was cool. SVU or something. It was, I remember it was like a crime show. It was like a oh yeah, 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 like SVU or CSI yeah. or Law and Order or whatever. Every, law, yeah, that's what it was, Law and Order, and it was yeah. like like episode after episode. Like oh man. I was like, I thought they're supposed to be pepping us up here. I go, they committed suicide on TV. They had a monitor this stuff. But yeah, it was, um, man, it was, it's a big help. And he said, it's just, I mean, I was there, you know, of course you had to go, but it turned out to be the best thing for me because I did therapy. I mean, and it's like anything else, what you put into it is what, what you get out of it. And, I went to therapy after that. My wife knew right away. She said, within about a couple of days, she's like, you know, you She's like, you seem a little off. She's, I'm like, well, you know, and I was busted up. So I'm like, well, yeah, I'm in pain. So I'm a little, you know, I'm a little crabby. I'm in pain, you know, this whole situation. And then when I went back to work, you know, really didn't change. So then she's like, why don't you go see the therapist? I'm like, all right. So I went and it was one of those, Basically, like, to, okay, I'm going to appease her. I'm going to go see a therapist. I'm fine. But I went to the one that's nearest, closest to my house, which is like 10 minutes. And then you could say whatever the hell you want. You know, you could paint your own picture. And that's what I was doing. I was, you know, for me, it was like I was rational, but really not because of TBI. I, I didn't know what I was dealing with at that point yet. So I just kind of, yeah. You know, I'm blaming, you know, the kids. I'm blaming my wife. She's not understanding. And she's just like, you know, she's riding me and she's telling me this. And, you know, it was like, and it made it look like I was a great husband. And, you know, maybe your wife's a problem. And I'm like, yeah, maybe she is. And then I started believing, you know, all this stuff. And then, um, no, the only thing I would, we would argue about is basically she was, you know, nobody wants to hear the truth. And she was telling me, you know, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Why are you doing this? 
Well, and then, you know, like, then just get defensive and pissed off and like, you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm dealing with, you know, and it would go in the same vicious circle. And basically, you know, now that I look back on it, she was, she was telling me the exact truth that I didn't want to hear of how to get better or how to deal with it or that I was dealing with it. And I was taking like, and like on top of, I left the part out on top of everything else just to go to work. You know, I was taking, you know, I was addicted to painkillers. I was doing um, Adderall. I was doing caffeine pills. I was everything. I I wasn't on any other recreational drug. I was never into that, but it was just basically so I could go back to work. make, Make it through the day for work. Yeah. And, um, which, you know, and then not taking the medicine and it was just, it was just, a, a, you know, that perfect storm. And then, you know, which, you know, November 1st happened and then, but now it's like, you know, um, I just started, like I say, working out again, finally, because I, I spent most of my time into the mental health part where I was, that was it, you know? And then now it's like, okay, now I'm running. I'm doing more calisthenics. I guess, you know, a little setup in the, the thing, which working out for me, like you said, is good. It's good therapy. Um, but for our work schedule, mine has to be like, I had to make sure usually the hour in the morning where I would work out. That was just, that's my whole morning routine that I do every day. So that kind of takes, so now I start, okay, well, I can run in the evening. I'll do the, you know, get this done. So I just started patching that in and um starting to feel better you know even more so that was the only thing that was kind of lacking which was was missing was working out but yeah no you know this is what you got to do so you got to keep that constant morning routine you got to keep that constant morning routine i'm never like said i'm not on my phone i don't I don't think I go so far as that I even check the baseball scores because I'm such a Cubs fan. Like yeah. I'm like, started, I was like, I had to check the scores at night. And then I'm like, damn it, they lost. Son of a bitch. And then I'm like, then I started to realize, like, man, I'm going to bed pissed off over something I can't control. So I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm even taking that out of the equation. I'm not even if I hear about it, and then in the morning I don't check anything. So I I'm just I get my routine, I get my mindset right, and then it's like, okay. Then I open the door and let's, let's let's attack the day. See what it's got today, and um and like everything that. is, yeah. Like, it's just I like that. that's good. Yeah, because I I didn't just notice it, and I'm like, yeah. man, I'm starting to get pissed off, like agitated. Then I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, why the fuck when the when is Javier Baez gonna start hitting? God damn, you know, like, <laughs> so nonsense, absolute nonsense that has like no bearing on my real life, and I'm like getting pissed off about it and thinking about it. And it's just like it's you know like a normal sports fan fanatic, and then it's just like no oh, man, but still that's that's I'm getting agitated, so I'm like I gotta I gotta cut that out right now, you know I'm still you know anything that I realize that sets me off or, or gets me into a funk, I gotta stop it right away, and that's that's been beneficial like all the different tools I've had you know that we've learned in uh, Silver Oaks, you know, I still got I still use everything I. It pops into mind, you know, okay, I start feeling this. I'm at a five in my agitation. I got to bring it down. I'm starting mm-hmm. to tense up. All right, stop. Forget about it, you know, and and go from there. And it's it's been working and keeping that mind right and not letting I care less what anybody thinks about me. And like yeah. before, just, and I still got the same issues. I mean, I still, 
my mom, my sister, I don't really talk to. There was a, little, a lot of whole issues there when my dad passed. And I remember leaving, um, like, some rogues for good. And I was tell- I'm like, man, I go, you know what the weirdest thing is? I go, I feel fantastic. My mood is the same. I go, my life is actually worse than it was. I go, because now I got this whole suicide thing going my wife still probably she doesn't know if she wants to stay with me at that point when I was getting out in January I go my kids are an absolute mess because of this now they're gonna they're in therapy dealing with that I go I still have a heart condition now because of the damage I'd done to it I'm on like medication for the rest of my life um gotta go back to work and patch that all that up and, and face the music on that and very few people know and why I missed two months of work. I go, so my life is really worse off, but I feel great. I'm ready for it. Right. And you know, I take it, each issue as it comes and all right, let's deal with it and face it head on. And just as long as I keep that same positive mentality. And the weirdest thing is, you know, like when we always say we get agitated and, and I think about it and I'm like, man, you know, it's just like people are like, well, just you just got to think positive. And you're like, no shit. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it, you're, you're, it's the quickest fix in the world. Yeah. You oh, know? Don't be sad anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. Fuck. Think about the sad. I was like, all right, motherfucker. I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got all the answers. You got all the answers. But it's like, and you would just, it would frustrate you. Yeah. But for me, it's, you just got to go through that. I mean, hopefully people, you know, don't have to go through as dramatic and, and as I've gone through, but to find something that, you know, that, that sparks it and just, okay, you know, uh, and, and realize basically like I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't doing the work to keep my head in the right spot. Cause I still got TBI. Like I said, I still got all my other issues, but doing all the work and the necessary tools that you learn talking in therapy um that keeps it going because it is if you think about it it's not for me i I really didn't have that many issues it was the tbi and the tbi kind of like basically spun me in the wrong direction and then i wasn't dealing with it but there's people who do have that chemical imbalance that brain is a fucking it's a monster it's great when it's working fantastic yeah. but that's something wrong with it and people who have that depression and it, that anxiety and all that dude it's like anything else like you were talking about it's like alcoholism it's like cancer it's like something it's a disease but nobody wants to you know really talk about it it's like oh no they're just they're the big deal and stuff. It's just all in their head. I can't stand that term. It's all in your head. Like, <laughs> it is, but I can't get it out either. I can't fix it, you know? And right. that's the bad thing. And for me, it was just learning what I needed to do to to fix it, to stay in the right mindset and know, like, hey, I'm working too much. I got to back off. I'm starting to push here. I got to back off and not being angry about it. It's like, no, because I want, I don't want to put my kids to where I just, what could have happened. What, you know, luckily I, I, every day for me is a chance to fix what I did. 
and I'm lucky. And that's why I live my life like every day, just right in the moment, right in the moment, because yeah. it's just like, it's, I'm every day is a step one. I'm building trust back with my wife and kids. Um, and two with myself. And then just like, like I said, it just, it, I, every morning I wake up, I'm like, all right, prayers, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. Cause it's another day I get to, to work on, you know, showing my family that I'm, I'm in a step in the right direction. And our Christmas is great. My daughter's in 21. I mean, I think about, then I think about all the stuff I could have missed, you know, all these yep. great things that they would have had to deal with without me. And, you know, like Father's Day and my birthday was just was in May and just all these different things that I think about now with the, with the right state of mind, like, man, I would have really fucked them up. Yeah. It would have really, I mean, luckily, you know, they're dealing with what they are now and they're in therapy. And if I really, if they were in therapy before I had my right mindset, that probably would have been it too. Could have been like, now nah, I've messed my kid. Now they're in therapy. No, like, but the positive side for me, I always try to look at the silver lining is like, you know what? They'll get through that, but they're going to realize that therapy is good. They're going to realize that just talking to somebody is an outlet, is, is beneficial to them for the rest of their life. So what started off as something that they had to do because of my action Hopefully it carries on to like, and I, and it's a positive thing. And it's like, okay, how was you, how was your session? Good. All right. Let's talk about it. I mean, what do you want to share? And did it go great? All right, good. All right. And it, you know, it's like, it's normal dinner talk at our table now. And um, so it's to me, it's like, okay, I spun that positive and it'll be helpful them for the rest of their life, learning to talk and deal with their emotions, not bottle it up like everybody else. So, you know, and that's basically my day to day is 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 completely from November first to now is is what it's just it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy and how great I feel and every day is like I said is I'm blessed and just battle. Just battle it. Yeah. Uh I think uh, blessed is an understatement for you. You know, like you're. Uh, I like how you say that you're living each day, like just living in the moment. I mean, because someone like you and your situations, you know that life could just go away in a flash. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, just living in the moment, just being present, not sitting on your phone looking at. I mean, I'm guilty of it. My wife will tell you that in a heartbeat that sitting on your phone looking at other things that don't have any meaning or effect to your life or seeing if uh in my case the bears or the white Sox are winning and what the hell's going on with the bulls because they just finally fired their front office after what seemed like <laughs> seemed like an eternity of discipline yeah. but like i get it man like i fucking i totally get it and like just hearing you say like just knowing your story, hearing even more of your story from what I remember hearing last year, just like seeing how you're doing and how you're doing it and, and like your daily routine and not going to bed angry and just like, like it's, it's inspirational, man. Like, and I hope other people hear this and are inspired by it because like a lot of times, like me, like you heard on the, the last 
my last episode, like I was where you were at, but I, I just didn't go all the way. And, and I was, I remember when I woke up, I was disappointed that I didn't. Right. You know, that's a weird and feeling. Right? It's a weird fucking feeling. And it's like, fuck man. Like, I don't want to keep doing this, but I, and then I just thought I was too chicken shit. Like I was just a big pussy, you know? And, and I mean, now looking back, I was just out of my mind, but right. But so for people to, in your situation and our, my situation, like they'll hear your story and they'll see like, Oh wow. Holy shit. Like, yeah, this guy has gone through so much with your dad, with your wife, with your injury, with everything. And he's still here and he's talking like, most positive guy in the world and <laughs> yeah it's 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 weird man i mean and like just like i just i, I fucking love talking to you at the hospital too man because it made it so much easier for me yeah and it's like when i heard your shoulder story and i was like i said i totally related to it like that feeling of like man and the thing is too is like when you hear about the suicide and people right away it's like they're weak and they're that and, and whatever the people's opinion is is you're not going to change it anyway. But and when you really think, like, now, like, anybody who takes their life or even thinks about it, you are nowhere near the right state of mind. You are nowhere near where everybody's who's normal or claims to be normal or however they hide it, whatever. But you're not in the right state of mind because when you think about it now, like, we're like, what in the fuck? There's no way. There's absolutely no way. And since up until the accident, the TBI, and like, like, that was like, no way. I would never do that. That's mm-hmm. a quitter. And I remember a couple of times when, when I was in therapy and they even talked about it, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I go for a split second. I would think about it. I'm like, eh, no. I'm like, you know what? And, and the funny thing is, or it's not funny, but it's just like, for me, it was like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like discredit the Marine Corps. Like it was like, oh, oh man, I, I'm a quitter. Like the, the Marines don't quit. We just keep battling and battling. And it would, had nothing to do with my kids or my family. That was the thought that was in my head. It was like I didn't want to discredit the Marine Corps. Of like, like this guy was a Marine. I thought he was supposed to be tough. I thought they could go through anything, and that was that. But then it was just the down spiral and then they said you just lose all sense of reality when you're in that dark place and it was just like and for me like it wasn't running from life or anything else to me it was being a father protecting his family that was my rationality it was like i'm the monster like you protect your kids from the monster when they're little and that was me and i'm like the only rational thought was like you know what i gave them one quick more punch of pain and then they could then they could live without me you know berating them tiptoeing through the day or the evening when i come home from work that was my rationality it wasn't like life pain all that i could deal with that it was the fact of the pain i was putting on my family that was the killer that's what i couldn't deal with and everything else was like i could deal with that and but that was it and then but really think about it now in a, in a right state of mind pretty you know, for lack yeah. of a better word, you know, words, but it's yeah, nobody in their right mind really thinks about it. So you, there's people who really have issues, who really need to get help, who really need to 
do what they can do or seek it and and figure it out. It is possible to figure it out. You've done it. I've done it. But it's everyday freaking process. It's not like flipping a switch or just take this medicine. And it's no, man, you got to put the work in. And, you know, and it's like I said, I'm afraid every day I don't drink. I haven't had a drink since November 1st. I'm just just doing everything because to me, it's one of those things. If it doesn't not going to benefit me or if it's going to put me backwards, I'm not going that way. Like it's a lot of self-discipline. It's a lot of just, okay, it's for my wife and kids. It's all I want. It's all that matters right now. And um, yeah. And it's just, it's a weird to have that feeling where you wake up and you're like, man, I can't believe I'm still here. And to now it's like, I can't believe I, I even attempted it. It's just to, to have that mindset is, you know, I'm, I am, I'm blessed. I'm lucky. Um, now I could say it and not be resentful about it. Yeah, I am lucky to survive the accident and to survive flatlining three times. I was actually, you know, I always joke, not joke with boys, but I tell them, I'm like, you know what? I was successful. I killed that person, that weak person, that person who didn't want to, that person didn't make it. I, I came back. It's this person now who's ready to work hard who sees the, the light at the end of the tunnel, but that negative, that resentful, that hateful, that basically complainer and whiner, I, I, that person's gone. And, you know, hopefully rest in peace, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a new, uh, I got a second chance and I'm taking every day to, you know, keep going. Damn. I like that. I like that. I've uh, never thought of it that way. Killing off the that that demon. That's yeah. You know, I like that a lot. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I uh, what you're saying, like you know, what led you to it to, with the uh, with with your family, like how you felt like you were just a monster to your family. Uh, I mean, the day that led me into the hospital. That's pretty much where I was at. It had nothing to do with, like, up to that point, like, up before I met my wife and had the kids, like, it was all childhood trauma and stuff that I never dealt with from my past. But then at a certain point, I'm like, well, I got to get over that because now I have a family of my own. And so then it just turned into something else. It was like another level, another devil, you know what I mean? And Right, and, right. And uh, I was just, you know, I, I kind of told the story, but, like, I was... I did something just terrible that morning to Melissa, nothing like malicious or anything. It was just as a, for a husband, it was just pathetic what I did. Mm -hmm. And and like to this day, I think back, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. It was so stupid. Like it was just the dumbest thing I could have done, but I just, my mind was just like, fuck it. I don't care anymore. And I just thought like, when I, I it came to like I literally came to and I realized what I did, how dumb it was, and how much of an impact it had. I was just it was just like I'm like I'm so fucking terrible. Like I'm a pathetic human being. Like I don't like I didn't. It's not like I I didn't. I'm like I'm faithful to my wife. I'm I don't put my hands on my wife in a forceful way. Like it was just something dumb. Just stupid just a big lie that i told her and i'm just like i'm so pathetic of a human being 
let alone right. a man or a husband or a father, like what use am I anymore? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and like, it was just like, I'm done. Like, I, I just, I'm, they're better off without me, you know? Yeah. That's the thought. And, and, and I, I, I just, I called Melissa and she was mad at me because I lied to her. And, uh, I just told her what I was feeling and like, Luckily, like honestly, if I if I didn't call Melissa, I probably wouldn't have made it to the hospital that day, and I probably wouldn't have made it home that day. Yeah. Because as soon as she heard what I was saying, she's like, she she immediately went. She's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to go get help? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I want I want, I want to get help. And she's like, well, you need to go to the hospital. And so then that's when I was just like, yeah, and I was up in Elgin. I was. Uh, was it Elgin? Yeah, I was up there somewhere. But yeah, I went, drove straight to the hospital, walked in, did my thing, got the e-valve, and uh, <laughs> she was like the the score. She was yeah, like, yeah. She was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So, 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 welcome, welcome to somewhere else. I was like, fuck. Next thing I know, I'm fucking in a, a room with a male nurse and a big-ass security guy bending over, coughing, making sure I didn't have any drugs up my... Uh, yeah, <laughs> like what the <laughs> fuck is this? But I, but honestly, like it was just, I just didn't think I was good enough. I wasn't worthy of my wife. I wasn't worthy of my kids, and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I still struggle with that to, to this day. Like I do everything I can to try to stay clear of that, and you know, talk, talk whether it's my therapist or my counselor or to my wife. You know, like just getting that reassurance that I'm still needed is huge for me because I just, I feel like for so long, and and this has something to do with my childhood trauma as well, that I'm just not needed and that I'm just here and I'm just a waste of space. No, yeah, you got, yeah, that's a tough thing. Yeah, that childhood trauma too is just, there's a lot there, you know. Um, That's, but, I mean, you know, you know, you got two, two great boys and, and Melissa who just, you know, we got, we got lucky. We got strong women that, that can deal oh, with yeah. us, you know, and put up with us. And, and for the most part, they're, except my wife, Laura, she's the only reason I'm here because mm-hmm. she battled me left and right. And she is just, yeah, um, you know, and she knows, and she always told me, and it was like, and she's like, if you could, if you just knew or could see the how much like we love you, you wouldn't even question your self worth. And she would tell me that all the time, and I never listened. And then, yeah. it's, you know, and but you do, you get, you got so many demons, and your your head's in the right spot. And we didn't have the tools at that time. We didn't. We were dealing with it. It was like. You know, like you said, you just bottle it up and be a man and let's go. You know, I'm going to work for my family and, and I thought I was that was good enough. No, you know, they could care less about what we have and, and it's just if dad is got his head in the right spot, that's all they worry about now. And you know, we still talk and I give them updates and I'm doing good, I'm still journaling, you know, and it, like I said, I've yet to even raise my voice in ten months. And it's just a crazy, I mean, but 
I said, I'm working my ass off. I had to give up running and working out in the morning to, you know, be at this point in my life right now. But yeah, we know you, you got that self-worth and look at what you're doing now. You're important. You got us, you know, people who you been through the same thing, talking about it, you know, maybe we're going to help one other person. And that's, that's, that's plenty, you know, just talking about this and, all right, maybe I do need to get help or maybe I, you know, it is possible because these two guys are on the right, you know, mm-hmm. on the right, you know, going to the right direction. And, you know, it's great. It, it's great. But there's, you know, dwelling is, is, is easy. That's the scary thing is you could think about something. And that's, that was my biggest thing. Cause like I said, I was constantly, like you said, you would hurt them and you would feel resentful. Then you feel like a piece of shit. And damn, what a, she does, she deserves better. And, you know, said then that whole, that little, all it takes is that little seed of the better off without me. And then that just starts growing like crazy. And yeah. then it's just like, and it's just, a, it's a vicious monster and a cycle. And every time that cycle happens again, that seed gets bigger. And it gets, but then you know what? I'm, that was it. We we're both at that point. We're like, we're done. I'm yep. done hurting my family. I'm done. Like I said, it wasn't life. It wasn't issues. It was that was just all nonsense. That's all shit we could deal with. It was just our biggest, our life basically was our family. And that's what we were hurting. That's what we felt like. Okay. It was the rational. They're better off without me. And it's it's easy to say. And people are like, that's crazy. You don't know. But when you're in that state of mind, when you're in that dark, dark place. That's the that's the most rational idea you can come up with, and then now, of course, now with help, help and therapy and work and the right tools and the right coping skills and everything else that you, we have to put to work, yeah, of course we're like, yeah, no shit, that's a, that was a dumb idea. <laughs> Lucky I'm here to talk about it, you know. Um, we're both here, and you know, it, it's possible to get out of there. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's definitely, it, I mean, I see it as like a, a lifelong disease. Like it's always there. It's always going to be in the back of my mind and it might pop up every once in a while, just the dark thoughts and the, the, the downtimes and like, you know, there's, I have my days, like I'll just literally wake up and I'm just like, okay, so it's just, it's going to be a down day because that's just how I woke up. And mm-hmm. there's not literally nothing I could do. I could, I could work out. I could watch my boys. I could spend time with my wife. I could, you know, just every, anything that would make me happy, I could do. But because I woke up and my mind's telling me I'm going to be sad today, I'm going to be sad today no matter what. And that's just how it is. And it's not every day, but it's just something mm-hmm. that I, I deal with and I work on. And uh, It's work, man. That's it. That's, that's the key word is you're working on it at least. Yeah. That's where it all starts. It's not like, well, that's just the way it is. That was my thought. But the whole TBI and just get rid of me, divorce me, or whatever. You know, it was like, this is it. Yeah. No, at least the, that's the key word. And that's what I was actually listening for. He's like, I'm working on it. Yeah, it's a fucking process, man. It is hard. When you got this this mental thing going, and it's just, like you said, it's people like, just think happy thoughts. or just, no. God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, being positive is one little thing, but that's all fine and dandy. And so, you, like I said, you wake up in that shit mood and your your mind's got control and you're like, fuck, all right, here we go. What do I got to do? 
Because like I said, I've, I've had a great, except I haven't had a bad day. Have I had bad thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. But I stop it and I try to do what I can to work on it. And, and okay, now nah, let's go. Let's go. We Quit dwelling. Let's think about something good or just keep marching on and keep doing something else. Yeah, you were a piece of shit back then, but okay, you're learning from now. Now, we look where we're at now. Look at all the, the, pro- the progress you made. So then that starts pepping me up. It's like, okay, where were you 10 months ago? And I look at you now. What are you complaining about? All right, man. All right. Let's pop that out of that head. That's, that was a bad yep. thought. All right. Shake it off. So yeah, th- those come in all the time. Like, you can't help those. It's just like you said, doing the work, working on it, and figure out what helps you. And everybody's different. But the fact that you're working on it, yeah. And then, you know, a, a year from now, or who knows, hopefully sooner, it's just the more few and far between. But it all, the key word is work, man. Work. We said you just got to work on it. And this, what you're doing now, this is great. This is absolutely the 100% work that you need because just talking to different people and, you know, hearing maybe one or two coping skills or something that I said and what Connor said and what your boy CJ said. Um, yeah. That just, that's just, you're just arming up the arsenal. That's all that is. I mean, yeah, I call it therapy sessions for a reason, so I don't have to pay a counselor. I just listen to everybody else talk. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it was a free app. That was for me. I was man, I used every coping skill in the world because trying to. I'm 45 years old, buddy. Trying to download an app for me is not. Is, I was oh like, my God. I, I was breathing into a paper bag. I had to go with my agitation ladder. <laughs> I was. I almost relapsed. I'm like, I'm about to come over here talking about <laughs> talking, talking about how great I'm doing. I was ended up in the hospital again trying to download uh, a damn. Yeah, anxiety was at a hundred. I was like, <laughs> oh man, see, you laugh about it. It's all good. You're like, the oldest, oldest forty five year old I've ever met in my life. <laughs> oh man. But um, you know what? I'm gonna let you go, and um, I appreciate man. Keep up the great work. I come on again. Um, yeah. still plenty of stuff I can talk about. I didn't even get to my childhood. I even started ten years ago. I still got my childhood to talk about. So, whew. all right. Well, I'll put you down for six weeks. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you six weeks. Uh, my copay. <laughs> we'll be uh, good. Uh, yeah, I'll have Melissa check out your uh, your billing just because that's what she does. She's in insurance now, so Perfect. we'll see. Uh, now we'll I can't even get away. I can't even lie now. Now I got to be honest about it. You got you got you got professional business going. Nice. Oh man, but I I, I appreciate it, man. I, I love you, buddy. You be good. Yeah, man. Um, and what you're doing? They said you know you know that that self worth bullshit every now and again that just pops up and you know you got that you, you got that licked so all right my man you be good and uh, thanks again and right. uh you be safe up there and uh i'll be talking to you soon all right man hey uh before you go just uh just want to say thank you thank you for coming on telling your story man I, I know i mean you're a strong man so telling that can't be easy especially since i'm gonna you know, put it out there for everyone to hear. And uh, That's all good. That's what, that's what just, you got to do. Bare yeah, bones, man, baby. I, I just appreciate it, and I hope somebody hears it, and it just helps them get through something that they're going through. And, uh, 
man, I'm really glad that I met you. I'm really glad. I mean, the circumstances, how we met weren't the best, but glad that it happened. I got a got an old man that I could talk to for uh, wisdom. Hey, you need any kind of... <laughs> but, uh, and, Don't ask me about that. Everything else, anything dude. before 1990, I'm good. Well, All right, my, dad, my dad's like 60 and he can do this shit. Uh, <laughs> Not me. Uh, I stay away from it. Uh, but uh, hey, and then uh, uh, in, in November, in November, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to get a hold of uh, as many people as I can from the hospital. I have like a little reunion. Uh, episode just for like the one year of us all meeting at the hospital. Yeah, so if you're absolutely. Interested, if you're interested, not, hop on. That one might be, be a that might be an in person one. You know, it'll be a lot of people, so it'll be good okay. to see everybody. Yeah, definitely will. And like I said, thank you, and I appreciate it. And and you're totally welcome. And you're doing a great thing, man. Keep it going. I'll be listening. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, be safe. Yeah, you too, bud. Thanks again to my buddy Lawrence for coming on and telling his story. It's a very powerful story, and um, I know it can't be that easy to uh, share with the world, but it's something that Lawrence is strong enough to do, and he did for us and for anybody who's struggling. Uh, something similar, anything really to what Lawrence went through, and uh, for him to come on and just tell his story and tell us where he's at from where he was, it's uh, honestly it's one of the more inspirational things I've heard in my lifetime. So thank you, Lawrence, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, if anybody else wants to come on, tell their story. If uh, they feel like they have something that they want to share, please feel free. Contact me. Um, I just want to put it out there that I'm not going to actually reach out to people to ask them to come out on the show just because I don't want you to feel like obligated because I asked you or something like that. So I'm, I'm just going to Put on whoever asked me. So if you want to come on, don't wait for me to ask. You got to come to me. Um, I'll put you on. We'll set, we'll set up a time and a date and we'll get on and then uh, we can talk, we can talk about your story. Um, so uh, in uh, light of uh, my conversation with Lawrence, I'm going to uh, end the episode with a quote from somebody who um, is no longer with us and uh, the time that he was on this earth, uh, he changed a lot of things and he made a huge impact and his untimely exit from this earth really impacted a lot of people, including myself, which led to me uh, to uh, kind of get into this, uh, this alley of trying to help people. And um, the quote is from uh, Mr. Robin Williams. Uh, if people don't know, uh, Robin Williams is uh, a comedian, actor, one of the greatest of all time. Um, in August of 2014, uh, he took his own life, leaving the world wondering why a man of his stature and a man of his comedic giantism could just take his own life like that. And it uh, just goes to show that, you know, no matter what you see from somebody from the outside, you have no idea what's going on. Uh, from the inside, so I'm just going to quote Anna, or, uh, Robin Williams here, and it's something that I find near and dear, or something that's truly powerful, especially from someone from Robin, like Robin, with how uh, he, uh, his stand-up comedy and his movies and everything that he did. Uh, the quote was, I think the saddest people always try 
their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anybody to feel like that. Well, if nobody's told him or if nobody said it, I think uh, Robin did a great job letting everybody know that uh, we were happy because of what he did and how he performed and just the art that he brought this world. So uh, thank you again to Lawrence. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, if you ever want to come on again, man, just uh, let me know. Feel free. We can talk about your childhood, like you said. Um, anybody else, like I said, contact me. We'll get you on. So have a good night, everybody. Uh, I know this was a harder episode to listen to. Um, but you know what? It's it's real life. It's what people go through. And we're here for it. We're here to talk about it. We're here to get through it together. And like I said, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be worth it. Good night, everybody.